Good Friday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and this is Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us live in downtown Charlottesville on a show that I'm very excited about, Coffee with the Candidates. If you heard the start of the show uh, before the cameras went on, we highlighted our favorite kinds of elections, and those are contested elections, when the voter turnout is high. And this particular race is a contested election. We have two gentlemen we'll introduce you to on the program, Tim Hodge and James Schoenster on Real Talk with Keith Smith. You, the viewer and listener, is encouraged to ask questions and help shape the discussion. Judah Wickelro, if we can go to the studio camera and then the foreshot as we welcome the distinguished gentleman to the program, a man who has a sterling memory for first names, Keith <laughs> Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. The key is to remember my first name. That's, that's, that's the key. So as Jerry was doing his intro, I, I, it just popped into my head, and I just wanted to start off by saying thank you for running. Right? I, I did this in 2009 for the Cunningham District. Um, my accent kind of didn't help me out so much there, but... but uh, I understand it, I appreciate it, and I just wanted to say thank you for doing this because I know what this means to your personally, to your families, to go out there and, and, and put yourself out there in public and, and, and run. So we'll, no matter what the outcome, I want to take a moment and say thank you. And as Jerry said, uh, contested elections matter, right? Non-contested ele elections like they're having in the city of Charlottesville isn't an election at all, in my opinion. Uh, so today we're going we're gonna to kind of talk a little bit about who you guys are. This is a real estate show, so we're going to kind of focus a little bit on real estate. Some people may be passionate about that. Some people may not be. I definitely am. Um, but we tried very diplomatically um, and democratically to pick who introduced themselves first. And I did that via a deck of cards, and these gentlemen picked, picked the high card. And James, so introduce yourself, you know, who you are, why you're running, and, um, you know, what, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you see moving forward in Fulvana County, and then how do you think we can get us there? And, and you know, we'd like to wrap it up in about three, but take it as sure. much, much time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was an omen or not, but I actually drew the joker from your deck yeah, yeah, of cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I chose not to say anything about that, James, <laughs> so that you know. Yeah, I'll let the audience decide what, that, what exactly that means. But uh, my name is James Schoenster, running for the Board of Supervisors in the Palmyra District. And uh, if you've been driving around Fluvanna, you've probably seen my signs that say Nature, Nurture, Schoenster. Uh, it's not only a great way to help people pronounce my name correctly, which Jerry successfully managed, and uh, Thank you. the two words before it are tied into my platform. But uh, what, what does nature and nurture mean? Uh, the first thing, nature, is the number one thing I hear from folks when I'm knocking on doors is that they want to preserve Fluvanna's rural character. Uh, Fluvanna is a beautiful county, and we want to keep it that way. I want to make sure that when my daughter grows up, she can drive down the road and see nothing but trees or cows and uh, farms along the side of them. And uh, Pleasant Grove is a gem, and we want to try and utilize that to draw in tourists to see our beautiful county, and uh, we want to take care of that uh, natural beauty. Uh, the next thing is nurture. Uh, the biggest problem that I'm seeing is a lack of investment in infrastructure. We got to do a little bit better about making sure that the people in the Fluvanna County are taken care of. Uh, we've got a bit of a, a shift onto the taxpayers, the residents. There's not enough commercial industry in Fluvanna County. If you take a ratio between the residential real estate 
tax revenue and commercial real estate tax revenue, you get about 96% on the backs of residents. <clears throat> and uh, we, we got to have the infrastructure in our areas where we're planning development in order to attract those businesses. Now, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, we have a comprehensive plan where it designates these small areas for development, like Zion Crossroads and Fork Union. And it's just a matter of getting that infrastructure, particularly water, into those areas so we can get compatible businesses into those zones and shift the tax burden off the residents. When I say compatible businesses, I'm not talking about more storage units. I think we need to get things like uh, hospitality or um, recreation, like a bowling alley, something for kids to do. And that way we can shift that tax burden, like I said, off the residents. Um, what a little bit about me, uh, my whole life I've been in Virginia. I went to Virginia Tech, and my wife went to UVA, so a little house divided there. We invite neutral parties over twice a year for basketball season and once for football. How's the therapy going? <laughs> it's going really well. Okay. Uh, we, we, have, uh, we have fun on those uh, game days, but otherwise she's on, on the same team as me. And um, we went and moved to Fluvano about seven years ago, and we have uh, an eight-month-old daughter. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. That, that's really the, the number one reason why I wanted to get into politics and run for the county is to try and help make Fluvano a great place to raise my daughter, uh, as well as the rest of my neighbors. In fact, I'm very community-focused. It's why I've been volunteering with uh, my neighborhood in the Lake Monticello HOA. We've been organizing events for young families and other residents, bringing like the Easter Bunny and uh, treasure hunts and arts and crafts events, uh, and we've been doing that for a couple years now. Uh, I've also volunteered with the Habitat for Humanity. At Virginia Tech, I studied finance, so I took that uh, in my financial industry experience, took that to Habitat for Humanity and provided one-on-one -on -one coaching to some of the candidates in order to give them just a little bit of those tools so that they can understand how to manage a budget, how to weigh the pros and cons of buying a home. Uh, I'll, I'm happy to say that after we walked through it, uh, the uh, one of the candidates I worked for, uh, worked with, determined that it was a lot better to go with the Habitat for Humanity program than trying to buy a, a home in, so you're in a Habitat markets owner? on their own. I am not, okay. but... I helped someone else uh, go. go down that path. Um, I, I, I'm in Charlottesville, so I got to get a little bit of uh, my hokey propaganda in. Our motto is Uk Prosum, or that I may serve. And I really just live that motto. It's uh, part of who I am and, and what I want to bring to Fluvanna County. So I would be honored if uh, the folks in Fluvanna were to allow me to serve. Thank you, James. Mm -hmm. Jim, you're up. You drew the card un underneath Tim, and uh, my motto is Semper Tim! Tim, that I, did, I didn't even get Jeez halfway into I didn't even get into it. Tim, sorry about that, Tim. That's okay. Um, okay, show's over. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up all over central Virginia. My father was in retail, and, and retail's a lot like the military. You go where they send you. Um, back in 1985, I joined the Air Force and spent 20 years in the Air Force, all of it overseas. Uh, I've served in Europe, Middle East, North Africa, the Balkans. Um, when my time came up at the end of the military, I figured with my degrees in IT and other areas that I would venture out and do something in the corporate world. I uh, went to work for security printing and systems to put the encryption on the UK passport, and after three months, uh, completed that task. 
They invited me to join them on the corporate board, and I spent the best part of nine years on the corporate board of a billion-dollar company. We were across five continents. Um, the biggest project I ever managed there was a $800 million passport facility for the remaining government. Um, following my time there, I went and decided I would do philanthropic work for a while. All of us directors of that company, when we got out, we decided that we would give back to society. Um, I helped my friend Sara, who had a ferret rescue. Um, did that for a couple months, and then I ended up going to work for the Guinness Partnership. And it's, the, it's their charity arm of the Guinness Brewery, and their social housing. Um, and it, that's how it started, uh, creating housing for their workers in Ireland and the UK. Um, they ventured off into care homes. They ventured off into um, facilities maintenance for the houses that they owned. They were the fourth largest one in the UK. Um, it, it was an incredible opportunity to see how you can put back in society for those that need it the most. Um, as my time came up there, I decided it was time to come back home. Uh, we were debating where to go. I wanted Central Virginia. My wife wanted the beach. She wanted to be at Virginia Beach. Uh, we split the difference, chose Fluvanna. I was planning on being happily retired in Fluvanna, and they kept advertising for an IT person. Mm -hmm. So I came out of retirement again. I spent five years working for the county uh, in the IT section, so I got to work with all the elected officials and in all the departments. Um, and it was a good experience. We improved a lot of their finance systems and processes. Um, and I tell people, had, it not, had I not worked for the county, I probably would have never run for office. Um, I became involved in, you know, community activities. I became aware of things that would need to get fixed, and I would talk to the leadership in the county or the other elected officials. And it was through those conversations with elected officials, they said to me, Tim, look, you've, you've got the experience leading people in the military. You've got the experience in the corporate world. You understand the county from the inside. If you truly want to fix these issues and bring about change, you have to run for office. Um, you can't complain about it and not be willing to do something about it. And that's, that was the main driving force, having yeah. seen it from the inside. Uh, I understand the problems and issues that we face. And I think I've got the tools and the experience and the temperament uh, to go forward. And I hope the citizens of Fluvanna County uh, deem me fit to hold the office of supervisor in the Palmyra District. So, Tim, I apologize. That's all right. Um, but I don't get my kids' names right either, so that, that's not that much. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I sit, I'm going to kind of pivot a little bit here. So I sit on the uh, Piedmont Community Land Trust's board. And I'm just curious, the model that the Guinness was using over there, do you think that model would translate over here? I, I do think it will. It yeah. was, they looked at it in several different ways. So um, as I've mentioned previously, you know, when people talk about affordable housing, there's two types of affordable housing, affordable to buy or affordable to rent. And you have to drill down and ask them that. And then when people talk about senior housing, are they talking about assisted living or independent living? And those are two different things. So, yeah, um, Guinness had 
uh, affordable housing. So they had two different types of schemes for people that weren't looking to get on the property ladder. They um, they had rentals, you know, low income rentals based on the income of the person, the ability for them to pay. At any point, those people could then decide, I do want to get on the ladder, and the rent that they paid um, minus what they used for maintenance and upkeep could be put towards like an escrow towards buying that particular property. That's cool. They're, um, they're affordable to buy one. Rather than going through large corporate builders that were looking to make a profit, and the profit margin on a house is huge, they were engaging with smaller builders to build houses that were affordable, and they would build them in what they would call brown belt areas. So it wasn't in the city, but it wasn't totally rural. It was close enough where they had the services and utilities they need. Um, and particularly for people that are trying to get on the ladder, um, they don't have a lot of spare expendable cash. So if you move them too far out away from transportation hubs and the sport infrastructure they need, it becomes a challenge. Same thing with the um, senior housing. They had schemes, and a lot of them, they would move people around. So say you, say a person, their kids had grown up and they need less bedrooms, then they would swap them with somebody, a young couple that was in a one-bedroom and had their first child. They would do like a house swap and the senior could downgrade and the young family could upgrade. Um, so there's I'm curious, a, how, how does that uh, compare to Piedmont's approach? Well, the, the, the major difference between the Piedmont Community Land Trust and that model is the, the land trust retains ownership of the land, mm-hmm. right? And then the, the buyer buys the, the unit above it. So in our county, Fulvana County, we could go and, and buy a piece of property, retain the ownership of the land, and then turn around and sell the property above it. And there's deed restrictions on it. So for eight for 99 years, it must be sold to somebody who makes 80% AMI and above. Yep. But, but James, you know, and I, I took a bunch of notes down and, and with big explanation points on your name, Tim, so I'll get that right. But let's talk about the rural nature, right? You mentioned about yeah. the rural nature. He led with that. He, he led with that. Yeah. He led with that. So how in your... Very, uh, made me very nostalgic of Chris Fairchild, who sat in that seat a handful of months ago with a uh, similar mindset. Yeah. We, we've had a lot of conversations about that. And, yeah. and I will point out, uh, you know, Chris and I probably have varying views on how to best protect the rural character. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'll say that the number one thing for me is we've got to get that commercial tax revenue up because otherwise our taxes continue to increase and the pressure on landowners to sell to developers is going to... Rise. 90-plus percent of the budget. 96% of the budget. Tied to rooftops. Oh, he wants to jump in on that. Go ahead. Well, it's a little bit different. The ratio between the residents' real estate and the commercial is 96%. The the budget, if you add in public works, it's going to change the numbers a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the the fact of the matter is that we we need to do better in Fluvanna about commercial revenue. Um, For example, uh, if you just look at sales tax, uh, Louisa has over double the revenue generated from sales tax. They're crushing do. it. Yeah, and, and so we, we end up having uh, folks from Fluvanna driving into Louisa, spending their money there, and then coming back into Fluvanna. And, you know, you need those services, so we're going to provide those services to the people in Fluvanna, but we got to supplement that uh, income with some businesses for people to spend their money and keep that circulated in our economy. 
So, Tim, this is a dynamic thing, so jump in. You know, we want to okay. be rude and yeah. not interrupt anybody, but, you know, this is a dynamic, dynamic conversation. So how do you feel a little about, the, about that? So just a little perspective oh. from my perspective real quick. Mm -hmm. I've been here in Fulvana County since 87, so I've been through a lot of gyrations. But how, in your opinion, are we going to keep the rural character of the county rural? Plus, you know, we're looking at third quarter Lake Monticello, mm -hmm. medium sales prices, $350,000, and out in the county is four hundred. How are we going to reconcile both of those competing forces? I would say start with a comprehensive plan. Our comprehensive plan is in 2015. It should have been completed by now. It's not been completed. It went into committee with citizen engagement, and it's died there. Uh, somebody needs to give it a good kick and get it going again. Um, so talk about why the comprehensive plan is so important. The comprehensive plan lays out the vision and the roadmap of how you move forward. So you can think of the comprehensive plan similar to the plan that the early developers had for Lake Monticello. And when you drive around in Lake Monticello, they've built houses in there and not destroyed the rural nature. You know, tree-lined streets, it looks good. Um, and, and it's something similar to that that we need going forward. But James is absolutely right when he says if we don't get the economic side. Now, the economic side is a bit of a conundrum. And I'm, I'm friends with Dwayne Adams, the chair of the Louisa board. And Dwayne really is taking advantage of it, and they're getting ready to expand down Shannon Hill and down 64. And that's How about $11 billion from Amazon? Yes. <laughs> so um, Fluvanna's missed the ball on a few things. We could have had a Cracker Barrel there, and for the love of a sign, we decided that that's not what we were going to do. But, th but that's his... That's and Louise is also really good when the businesses, you have to have the foot traffic. You have to have the bodies passing through an area. Yep. And what Louisa does is when they're looking at that 15, 20-minute drive area, the sphere that they're putting up, is including and counting the people on Lake Monticello. Now, I've mentioned it multiple times. If the people on the Louisa County side of the border can count Spring Creek and Lake Monticello, why can't Lake Monticello count the traffic on 64 and the people that live in Spring Creek? It goes both ways. <laughs> That doesn't mean we're going to be able to develop down near the lake, but there's locations along the 250 corridor, and, and part of the development issue there is there's, without the comprehensive plan and without having the parcels correctly zoned, you have, if you look at several of the parcels, it's like industrial, business, business, commercial, industrial. It's like it's a mixed use. In reality, your industrial should be together, your business commercials should be together. Nobody wants to open a furniture store next to a cement manufacturing plant or a junkyard. I, I agree a thousand percent, but let's let's set a little bit of context here. The comprehensive plan is a non-obligatory document, right? Correct. Right. So what matters is the zoning, and you mentioned Lake Monticello. It's an R4. It's a unique zoning. Most of Fulvana County is zoned agricultural A1. The problem is is the, the, the zoning that allows you to reproduce Lake Monticello or something more like a traditional two-acre, you know, I think that's what you're, you're promoting, right? It doesn't exist any longer. So that is not on the books, right? So, yeah. so you're either needing to cut a piece of property up into four lots or five lots, which fiscally doesn't make any sense, or you're doing a, um, a cluster development, which I've done one, is a bit of a cluster. 
and you can figure out the rest of the word word on that. So back to Jerry's point, you need infrastructure. We don't necessarily have that. Well, I mean, the viewers and listeners are chiming in with this left and right here. So my point is, is you can adopt this comprehensive plan, but if you don't have the zoning to support it, then it's just a document, right? So, right. so how are we going to uh, uh, amend the zoning to allow this development to happen the way you guys are uh, visualize it? And James, you want to chime in on that? Well, you got to be able to change those zones. And right now, even though we are only on a 2015 comprehensive plan, even those small zones for development aren't being rezoned the way that we need to. So yes, let's get a longer term plan in place, but the work to help develop those areas needs to start yesterday. Well, well, Tim, you want to chime in on that real quick? Yeah, I think the way you get the sensible zone and get things grouped together right is going to have to be where business leaders, landowners who currently hold the parcels and the economic development people that are in touch with the businesses that want to come or have the opportunity to come to your area – you may have to convince landowners to put in to rezone. It always starts with the will, ready, willing, and able landowner. If a ready, yes. willing, and able landowner isn't willing to sell and the buyer isn't willing to buy, buy. We're, not going not any, we're not going anywhere. Correct. And I think we've had a lot of problems on the buyer's side because there isn't that infrastructure there to encourage you to come in. You know, If you want to put a business in into some of these areas and you're looking around and you say, well, the county said that water will be here in the next five years, and then five years go by, and it's another five years before we get water I had no there. no gray hair when that <laughs> thing started. Then, you know, it's no sense that it, it makes perfect sense that businesses will be shy to approaching these landowners for their property. And we, we do have water design crossroads right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's a hundred and some odd thousand gallons of water. It's, it's not a But we're not mandate. using it, yeah, and yeah. they are having to flush some of it to keep the circulation in the large water tank so that means we have greater capacity of water than we have consumption so there is the opportunity there now as businesses come in will we be able to get more yes i talked to the public utilities people and what they said three to five years they said it's looking closer to three or less we're talking about the water from the james James river water and it's basically the intake and that was that was a huge mistake wanting to put it at point of fork Years well, nobody ago, did the historical review on it. There well, were, the ones who did weren't listened to. There were people that spoke out against that, and those people were shouted down or ignored. Yeah. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to think back um, in the early days, man settled along waterways. And where two rivers or two streams con- converge tends to be your greatest source sure. of development. Yeah. And I just don't know why we thought that would be a great idea. Comments coming in from voters. Uh, Stephen Peters, rooftops and traffic drive the demand for commercial properties. Yep. Without enough rooftops, there will be little demand. Wanting bowling alleys and other things will not get it. Only enough customers will do that. Furthermore, Steve Peters says this, customers will not drive 20 minutes to Fluvanna when they can get what they need at Zion's Crossroads, making multiple shopping stops five minutes from each other. Brittany Gray chimes in. She and uh, Cam are watching. She says, hi, Tim. And I believe she's running for Fluvanna County School Board. Yes, she is. Um, We appreciate you running for supervisor. You have already done so much for our county, and we cannot wait to see you in leadership. Fluvanna needs you. Ricardo Cruz Duran watching the program. Neil Williamson watching the program. 
We have multiple media outlets watching the program literally as we speak. Viewers and listeners, if you'd like to chime in, put your comments in the feed. We'll relay them live on air. A handful of elected officials watching the program. The commercial and residential broker Tim Carson watching the program right now. Newspaper in Fluvanna watching the program. Um, this question's all over the feed. Where are the candidates on density with housing in Fluvanna County? So I do want to address something that uh, the first comment you made about... Stephen Peters. Uh, yeah, Dan well, Pettit, we'll get to your comment. Comments are yeah, coming in fast now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bowling alley will not bring uh, people in necessarily, but Zion Crossroads is where I think that sort of thing needs to appear. It, it isn't far from the interstate, and part of that area is in Fluvanna County. We have housing coming up in Lake Monticello. There is housing and development on the other side of Zion Crossroads in Louisa. So there will be people there, and we need to make sure that we capitalize on that. Okay. Um, Dan Pettit, I'll get to your comments here. I will get to people are pushing back a little bit on Tim's comment where um, you mentioned Louisa County can utilize the interstate um, and the density with cars on that interstate to attract business. And you mentioned, why can't we utilize Spring Creek and Louisa to attract businesses to Fluvanna? Exactly. Folks are pushing back on that. We'll get to that in a matter of yep. moments. First, the density question. Where do the candidates specifically stand on housing density? I mean, that's, that's, that could determine this election. Jump in, guys. Whoever wants to jump in first. Yeah. Whoever, I'll, wants, I'll, to, whoever wants to jump on that, on that hand first. grenade. No, yeah. That I'll, could determine this election. It's, yeah. it's actually pretty, it's, it's pretty straightforward for me. Uh, if we have the infrastructure to support the density, I'm in support of it because that's how you actually protect our rural character because the alternative is sprawl. Tim? Well, the density is important. And um, on that in particular is, you know, for the um, multi-family, multi-unit dwellings. And we have some going in at Colonial Circle, and I know that's going to be a lightning rod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't know nothing about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Colonial Circle. But I had no idea what the hell you're talking about. I talked to Steve Peters about <laughs> that also, but it's workforce housing that people are going to need, yeah. and there's nothing similar. Now, was... Were some of the design choices the greatest? Probably not. Well, but that goes back to the requirements from the R3. The requirements from the R3 required yes. that to happen. So, yes. so the, the what we call zoning text amendments. The, this is stuff that if you guys want to influence density and influence mm -hmm. uh, growth, is is really looking at these zoning ordinances to try to. Uh, support the vision of, of the comp, of the comp plan. I interrupted you. Absolutely. I'll, 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 Tim, I'll let, now, I'll let you finish. I mean, I think as going forward on each of these projects, what we have to do is weigh each one up on its own merits and sure. the requirements. But uh, Mr. Peters is absolutely correct. Um, and there is probably some pushback, but, you know, a radius for determining your footfall goes both ways. You're talking. This is the this is the reference to utilizing Spring Creek's density and Correct. Louise's density to attract commercial development in Fluvanna County. So I, I, no, I really he should expand on this. Yeah. So so if you if we're in their catchment area, it only goes to say that they're in our catchment area. So so I do a fair amount of commercial work, and I can assure you that's exactly how. There is no lines when I'm looking at. Density and how if a Chick-fil-A is going to come in or, mm -hmm. or a business or an IBM or, or, or an Amazon or whatever is going to come in, they will cross borders. There is no yep. border, border there. 
But I will tell you, um, there are a number of businesses that, that, that refuse, that I work with, that refuse to come to Zion's Crossroads because there's no rooftops. There's no place. To Zion's Crossroads? To Zion's Crossroads, yeah. And even on the Louisa side, there's just yeah. not enough places. To, they, they don't want their employees at whatever dollar point traveling hours or an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. to, work, to work over there. So it's... It's this delicate balance. You can't really have one without the other. It's yeah. a chicken and egg kind, well, kind of thing. But before either of those things happen, chicken or egg, you, you got to have the infrastructure you in gotta there have to have water. Yeah. you got to be proactive. And, and Tim, I, I've been involved in this literally since 1987, yes. and the fact that we are now six more years out, it just blows my, my, <laughs> my mind. But let's, let's stay on Zion's Crossroads for a while, sure. Tim, Tim, and I'm going to let you tackle this one. Any appetite to grow the growth area there? Because the growth area is pretty small. It is pretty small. Um, it depends on the landowners. I mean, they've laid out what they see and based on the zoning. This, this occurred in the planning department. Now, it has grown down Route 15 because we got the pod storage going in. And what they're talking about doing is having a gravity-fed sewer line that runs down Little Creek Road yeah. to near the Troy Post Office and then putting a pump station in to pump it back up 15, and then that opens that that corridor and that area in for development. Um, being in consideration with that, Lake Mocello's uh, wastewater treatment plant is near capacity. They've got a grant to expand, but that's not something that's going to happen overnight. So um, the Lake Mocello development area is pretty much maxed out barring any other landowner adjacent changing it. And I, I'm on the Ag Forestry Committee, and we just created the 20th Ag Forestry District on the southwestern side of the lake, which locked um, 200, well, the core of it was 200-some acres, but it was over 400-some acres, is now locked up in, in the Ag Forestry District that can't be developed for 10 years. So if we all agree, Zion's Crossroads is kind of where we want to and see. And you have your transportation links there, too. To see the yeah. growth. We, 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 I'm, I'm not happy to hear that we're that far out with water because, you know, you have the water component, too. And, and just to go through the rezoning and site plan process, yes. like Colonial Circle or not, that was a six-year process yep. to get through on that. So we're six years or so before whatever it is we get water. Then we got another six years. We're in a whole different market. But Jerry and I constantly talk on the show about Albemarle County growing its 5% growth area. So if we all agree Zion's Crossroads is the place we want to grow, rooftops and businesses and all that stuff, back to my appetite question. It's a small area. Is this, is a, this is a matter of the jurisdiction drawing a circle and saying, now this is all in my growth area. Are, are, we, are we willing to look at that to grow that so that development happens there instead of next to Lake Monticello? Yes. Yep. That was a pretty simple answer. <laughs> there you go. Yeses. Okay, there you go, Smith. Back a thousand. I mean, the other issue we have in and around the Lake Monticello area is anyone that's lived there and commuted into Charlottesville in the morning or tried coming home in the evening, both Route 53 and Union Mills Road is bumper to bumper, basically. 16,000 yeah. people a day, both ways, go through we, that we route. Got, we got to give people in Fluvanna somewhere else to go to work. 
And, if they're going down 53, that's not sustainable. And we're constrained. But is that going to happen? Generally? Where would that be? Yeah. Zion, the, Zion Crossroads, Fork Union. The, but, the areas where we need yeah, to get water to look, attract those businesses yeah, and I, put I, those I, rooftops. I'm just going to call it and, like it is. I, I love Moselle Booker with all my heart and soul. That ain't happening. But that ain't happening. You're, yeah. not, you're not seeing business people that are trying to put multi-billion dollar corporations and, and entities over there. It's just not going to happen in, in, for a long time. Because there's no density. But yeah. Zion's Crossroads, it will. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, that, that's why they go hand in hand. I think yeah. you, can, you can do a little bit of both. I, I don't want to focus on Zion Crossroads and, and just well, condemn that's in your Fork district. Union. That's in your, I, I get <laughs> it. But that's in your district, that right? So. Well, I, okay. It, 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 it actually, I don't think it really much is. Uh, that I think most of the, the um, Zion Crossroads is going to be more in Columbia now that they've had to move, move stuff yeah. over just uh, to keep the population distribution even. Sure. But um, sure. I, I'm running for all Fluvanna County. I know I'm in well, Palmyra District. That's a great question, it, right? It, it this, should be whole county-wide focus. That's a great question to see how you two gentlemen feel about this because as one who's on the other side of the table all around most of the jurisdictions in the state of Virginia, um, you know, one of the things you commonly hear is, well, I'm just representing my district, right? Mm. So you really, no. yeah, so your mindset is as though I'm being elected for the Palmyra district, I'm really going to represent the whole ca- county. 100%. You have to. You don't yeah, recuse good. yourself on those votes. Yeah. But, you know, like what I was trying to say on the Lake Monticello area and the traffic, the roads are horrible. So until VDOT improves those roads, you don't have the transportation infrastructure this water and sewage is near maxed out, so until we get improvements there. So it basically leaves you with Zion Crossroads. Zion mm-hmm. Crossroads don't add to the traffic. And, the, and I, I'm a firefighter, firefighter, and the number of accidents we go to during rush hour, and when you close one of those two main roads down, traffic backs up bad. Sure. And it's limited by the number of bridges over the Ravana and the number of choices you have to get on the north side of the Ravana to get to Charlottesville and other places. So I, I, I do want to get a geek out a little bit about VDOT. I, I, I understand this pretty intimately. We have a smart scale system now. Correct. So that's, that's the system by which Smart would be a, 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 a very good giggle there. Uh, but it's a new system they have. They used to have a six-year plan. Things got stuck in a six-year plan. But one of the criteria, that's the reason a roundabout ended up on 53 and 618 by effort, which yes. was because it was directly con- connected to a subdivision. Yes. And a lot of people don't understand, in order to get these improvements to run through funding of VDOT, it has to be connected to some sort of development. And a lot of folks don't don't know that. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Go ahead, go. Or you can get the developer to do it. So opposite the main yeah, gate of Lake Monticello, when they did, had Village Oaks, yeah. and that was took 12 years to come to fruition, the developer paid for those turn lanes there. Absolutely. That eased off the traffic. Absolutely. So people can say they don't like Village Oaks, but Village Oaks gave them something. So, so the problem with that is at the time when that was done, gentlemen, proffers were allowed. Yes. You can't at you guys as elected officials cannot ask for proffers anymore. They have to be volunteered. There used to be a kind of a tantamount to blackmail of negotiations. Yeah. I paid my fair share, but the pro, but by the state cuz we're a Dillon rule state, the mm-hmm. state has said you guys can't ask the developer no, for you proffers. No, you can't. But more often than not, the developers and and interested parties will come to you beforehand. There you go. Because they've to, got good people like you in there here. To gauge oh, the temperature. James, thanks, man. I mean, I'm just a candidate, yeah, yeah. and I've had tons of people ask sure. me for my professional advice. Sure. Where do you see this? What's the temperature of the community on this? Um, so 
it is a matter of making suggestions and having dialogue. The only way we're going to go forward is have full and open dialogue and have options and choices. And then, if, you know, as in anything, I'm not saying I'm, that everything's perfect, but you have to look and weigh each development up on its merits and the pros and cons, what it brings and what it detracts, and determine how we're going to move forward. And that all starts through proper planning. Mm-hmm. What, what proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Correct. <laughs> United States Jeez. Marine Corps. Yes. <laughs> proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I don't think I'm supposed to say that on Proper air, planning and preparation. <laughs> you can say that. Seven Ps, I learned it in Paris Island. Oh, well, I learned six, so it must have been a few years before you. Or, or I, can't even get your name, I can't even get your name right, so it may have been seven. <laughs> who, who, the, who the heck knows? I want to go back to um, Colonial Circle and the apartments because mm-hmm. it's, it's going to come up. It's a thing, right? Yep. Um, so um, do either one of you gentlemen know what HUD's uh, area medium income is for our county, for our region? I can tell you last year's number. Oh, it was last year's. Yeah, I think it was something like 86,000 in Fluvanna, but in Lake Monticello it went up to like 120. I thought it was 96 on the previous one, and but it's up into 123 or 126. Yeah. Both, well, both gentlemen, give them props. Both very gentlemen good. right there. 123.3, 123,300. Now that's HUD, so HUD. that's the MPO. So both is, you guys get a gold star there. There you go. It's, it's the Charlottesville MPO, which includes yeah. our county. Right. right into that. And why is that so important in, rela- in relationship to the apartments? And, and, and Tim is smiling, and he knows. I think he knows the answers. I'm going to let him answer that. Cool. Why is why is that so important in relationship to the apartments and the fact that the county gave them a, a, a special tax deal for 60% AMI? Why is that important? Well, with that, what it would be is it determines who can go in there. Exactly. So based on last year's numbers and the percentage that it was, and I was told it was 50%, it would have put it in the upper 40s. And most of our teachers were over that, so they were advertising this for the teachers, and all but the starting deputies were over that amount. Right. So it's kind of you smoke know, and when mirrors. you say this is for teachers, this is for deputies, they wouldn't have qualified. I call that a shell game. Now, the grounds people working for the county, yes. Some of the, you know, cafeteria workers, bus drivers, yes. So there's a second side to this gentleman that is not just area medium income. Because they're going to, it's going to be a HUD project, there's maximum amount of money that they can charge in rent. Yes. So let me get this out there. Efficiency apartment, this is 2024 numbers because they've already put it out. They cannot charge any more than 1392 One bedroom, 1415 Two bedrooms. One bedroom, fourteen, one thousand four, four hundred fifty dollars a month. Two bedrooms, ain't cheap. Sixteen seventy eight. Three bedroom, two thousand one hundred and fourteen dollars. Four bedrooms. There's no four bedrooms. It would be twenty six, twenty six, twenty six hundred dollars. So there's two sides to the equation, right? A, you got to be sixty percent of the AMI, which is in the sixties to eighty, eighty thousand, which does cover your cops and your teachers, and they can't exceed these dollar amounts. That that's the balance. In that, the I was looking at the numbers last night for what current stock that we have, and the um, lower end of the current stuff was in the nine hundreds. 
You're talking per about month? rents. Rents. Yeah, yeah. And the average, the median was 1300 So it's right in line with that for what we have in the stock right now. Now, of course, these apartments are going to be newer, so they'll be in better shape than some of the stuff we have out there. You have to remember some of those rentals are in single-wide and double-wide mobile homes spread throughout the county. Um, same thing like when we talk about house prices. You've know, you got two in Lake Monticello, interestingly, both by Yes Realty Partners. Christopher Eagle at 284500 at 775 Jefferson Drive, and Christopher Eagle um, at six, is it Choctaw Place? Am I saying that right? Choctaw. Choctaw, thank you. $260,000 in Lake Monticello. And one of the smartest people we know, Yona Smith, has got a listing. She is the smartest person. Okay, the smartest person. Okay, Yona Smith, the smartest person. In Lake Monticello as well, she's got a listing. Keith, if you're going to help. Oh, I found it right now. 8 Fleetwood Drive at 624.9. Can you gentlemen... Guess how many listings are on the market right now at Lake Monticello? I have the MLS open. It's either 29 or 31. Not even close. What do you think, James? Uh, I'll go with a dozen. Six. Uh, Go. James gets the gold star. 13. 13. Looking at Uh, it right now. 14. Well, well, I took 15 out, with I a proposed out. attack. I took, and I can tell you, I There's haven't 14. looked. <laughs> Rentals? This is, this is Lake Monticello or Olaf Avenue? Lake Monticello. One, oh, two, sorry. three, four, no, no, five, no. There's, six, four. There's 13, seven, eight, but I took out nine, new construction because okay. these are kind nine, of paper houses. 12, but you're probably. 14, I'm looking 14. at the Fulvana County numbers as a whole. Yeah, so we can, we can go ahead and take a look at this. But one of the reasons we like to look at Lake, I like to look at Lake Monticello, and I actually use it as a litmus test around the area because we're 4,400 homes, we're all about the same size lot, there's not a, a very large mixture of different type of product types on it. You have different areas, waterfronts a little Waterfront, bit more. Yeah. Your comps are about the same. They're about the same. It's a really good, stable way to take a look at it. I, but Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. You're going to contradict me on something? No, no, no. no, no. I'm not, so, I would never contradict <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> I would never do that. Um, so, you know, we, we've, we've got 13, according to what I'm looking at right now. Um, the median list price is at 389 And I can tell you there are only three below the 284 number. And um, one of them has been on the market for 50 days. 389 at an 8% interest rate. We just surpassed 8% yesterday. That is not first-time home buyer. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you mentioned this because I, I actually um, was looking at just the house I'm in right now, and we, we were very fortunate to get in there about six years ago. And I'll You got a lot at, of appreciation and, and equity. I, we, we have, yeah. and, and uh, it, it's crazy to think about the fact that the house that my family's in right now, we probably couldn't afford if we were looking to buy it today. Um, so if you guys take a look at slide three... We got a lot of comments. Um, Jude, if you don't mind putting slide three on. So, what slide three is, um, I've got a side by side of Fulvana County single family detached. I drop out. Um, I drop out new construction. This is going back to sixteen. So, what year were you? Were you? Did you buy in? Six years uh, ago. Yes, yeah, six years ago. So, so two thousand seventeen. I think it was so, December of sixteen. Okay. So, your median sales price uh, was one hundred and ninety. At Lake Monticello, now it's three forty, three fifty. Yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to my realtor Barbara Bosick for getting me on that. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Schoenster, well done, very well done. 
Um, props are, let's get to some comments here. We got, they're coming in fast and furious, and then I want to throw something in there. Um, first, Ann Clark Ramey. Let's go positive. Ann Clark Ramey says, we have two great, strong candidates running oh, for the Board of Supervisors. Thank you, gentlemen, both for running. From Ann Clark Ramey. Thank you for um, coming. I'll throw this in. First, let me get to Neil Williamson, then I'll throw mine in. Neil Williamson says, and in regards to Colonial Circle, one teacher can qualify, but if they marry another teacher, they make too much That's to qualify. Exactly right. That's uh, exactly, that was the point you were trying to make. Total household. That was yeah. the, the point you were trying the to make. The point that uh, Tim was making there. I see this, and I'm concerned about this for Fluvanna County, and I'm living this firsthand in Charlottesville and Almoral County. I live in the Keswick area of Almoral County. The values of homes have escalated so quickly that it's pricing out a large portion of the population. Mm -hmm. That large portion of the population is then being forced to rent because they can't afford to buy. Because yep. the rental demand has escalated so quickly, landlords have responded by escalating rents. Mm -hmm. Correct. Now rents are synonymous or have surpassed mortgage levels of say Mar March of 2020, early 2021 before the insanity of COVID impacted housing. So what I'm fearful of for Fluvanna is housing becomes so unaffordable, even rental housing becomes so unaffordable that you're gonna lose a lot of frontline workers, and by frontline workers I mean teachers, nurses, um, police, firefighter, rescue, folks that are doing front of the house and back of the house at restaurants. Yep folks that do retail, a lot of the jobs that are paramount to growing a commercial epicenter or commercial yeah. infrastructure, businesses. Yeah. And if they move away from Fluvanna and head to, say, Waynesboro, or they head to Stanton, will they consider driving to Fluvanna or Louisa or Charlottesville or Almora County for work? Mm -hmm. And in that scenario that I've just outlined, the employer starts saying, good Lord, how can I even keep my business open if I don't have anybody to work in my business? Yep. If you drive through Charlottesville and Admiral, you see help signs everywhere. Yep. We need help signs everywhere. That is a potential future for Fluvanna. Well, it the, the, it's, goes hand in hand. So the housing market is no different than the car market. And it's driven by supply and demand. So, and what spiked with the spike in the prices and the spike in the interest rate, it suddenly made mortgages unaffordable, pushed people in the rental market, the rentals go up. However, um, on the forecast for the interest rates going forward and the supply side going forward, the interest rates should come back, which then that will then open it up. They're saying they're going to go up first. I've heard from so we, many we, mortgage brokers and economists that the interest rates are going to go yeah. down. It's I. This is what I've learned As throughout this. Everyone has an opinion, yeah. and no one can tell the future. No, yeah. you can't. But if, but if, in theory. In As economic theory, because right, right. inflation's going down, In the Fed will reel theory, it back, right. it'll make it affordable, take the pressure off the rental, but it still means... But let's, set, let's set expectations. I mean, like right now, we've got... I mean, that could be 2025, inventory. Tim, when well, they start going right. down. Let's set expectations, right? That's never going back to three. No, right. And the problem in the in the market right now is there's people, and the reason that, I mean, there's 37 active industry in Fluvanna County... The problem is, is people are locked into these low interest rates, so they don't want to sell their house. Golden handcuffs, 2.75%. Right. Correct. So they're not going to sell, so the inventory's not there, so they're not sellers, and, they're, and which if they sold, they'd become buyers. 
Um, so the market's kind of at a cool-down point. And compounding that, <laughs> many local government and elected officials are not necessarily green-lighting housing projects. projects. Yeah. Yeah. And the small and medium-sized builders got debt service that's so expensive, they don't want to jump in the game to create housing because the interest rate environment is astronomical. And that's a whole expensive. dynamic yes. that's going to impact this whole yeah. water design's crossroads and yeah. timeline. Yeah. You know, I, I'm on We're going to get further millions behind of housing. We're so, four and a half million short now. It'll get it'll get worse. We've had the country. We had fifteen years of underproduction of homes, right? Fifteen years. We're just now. If you take a look at the numbers this year, we're starting to get towards the median average for it's in seventy two, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. um, I think that's going to drop back down again. Uh, I think the production numbers are going to drop back down again because the process is super expensive, takes forever, it's capital intensive. The small guy can't do it, or person, I should say, can't, can't do it. So you're going to be left with the bigger entities that have the capital, that have the cash to go ahead and do that. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, I'm in predicting we're about 10 years before inventory starts even getting close to being what it, it, needs, it needs to be. So we've got a 10-year runway of what's going on right now. Prices will increase, inventory will stay, stay flat, you know, unless see they, you on the show. Unless, unless you get, <laughs> people see him on the show over here. Go ahead. <laughs> Trying to make it stop making noise. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, what me you're talking about? No, <laughs> my watch is dinging away. Really? His friends are seeing him on the show. Uh, Tim, I, I'm no. going to go back to calling you Jim if you keep on talking to me. Like He's joking. He wasn't saying that. Um, a jo- it's a joke. I'm okay. just kidding. So, um, you know. Gentlemen, what are we going to do? I mean, is this the, this is the reality for the next ten years? For Tim's point, comprehensive plan. We've got ten year runway. We got to make sure that we are doing the right thing in the so next ten years. Two more re- rewrites in and the ten year runway, and, and then yeah. and then we've got infrastructure that needs to be there yesterday. Any way we can accelerate that process, uh, I'd look for those ways because if it's three to five years, we got to do it in three. I, I, I don't see a way forward for Cluvana without the infrastructure to support no, it, all not. the development that we need. It's, it's, but it's, you know, I, I agree. If I had a magic wand, it could do it. I learned a long time ago in business. It's like a three-legged table. You can have it fast, uh, you can have quality, and you have price. Those are the three legs. And you can have any two of the three, but you can't have all three at the same time. I can't have it really good, really cheap, and really fast. So if you want it fast and you want a water infrastructure that's good, unlike the broken pipes in Lake Montiel, it's going to take a little bit of time. So we're constrained by it, and we can't go any faster. To get the James River water intake in faster would require us to spend more money, which would require us to raise taxes. And right now, that's the number one issue when people are having to do it. They're choosing between medicine. They're choosing between buying things. And I hear it end over end. They're like, do not tax me out of this but that's county. Called, but let's, set it, let's, let's be real here. It's called real talk. It is going up. Yes. It is. This is the first time since I've lived in Fulvana County, the first time since 1987, the amount of cash I pay out for my home equals to if I, I – I, I, he doubts me. I have to prove it to him one of these days. The amount of cash I pay out equals if my house was over in – Albarro County, County. And, and I think it's that that the that sad part of that is the amenities aren't there with Fluvanna no. compared to Albarro. Oh, and is, by the way, that doesn't calculate that I pay LMOA dues and all that yes. stuff, which gets me my amen- amenities. So in essence, I pay well, I pay more. The and, LMOA and, dues gets you trash collection. 
And what and he's and talking cop, about is the Lake cop. Monticello and, Homeowners well, Association dues. Is the, what they're talking about, right? If you opened yeah. the gates and made the owner association go away, the county cops would still cover you that you're paying for. Oh, brother, you're going down and, a road that yeah. I proposed 20-some-odd years ago and almost got ran out of the county. And the county would versus the maintenance crews. I'm friends with the maintenance guy. I asked him, what do they do? Now the grass is not growing. What are you guys doing? they got to clear the roads. they got to keep trees that come down. So what are we going to do for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, my parents? They're in the mid-'80s. They're New York City firemen, retired New York City yep. firemen, on a pretty meager pension. Their taxes are going up. Their living expenses yep. are going up. You know, we're super blessed. We can sell their home and come live with us because yep. we, we've got the ability to do that. But most of the people that I know at that age group don't have that. And Lake Monticello in our county has a quite large number of them. What are we mm-hmm. going to do to help those folks? Well, we got to make sure that we don't keep doing what we've been doing because that's been what's resulted in the taxes steadily increasing, the lack of investment in infrastructure. And if we don't change that perspective and do something different and actually invest in Fluvanna County so that we don't continue down this path, that, that's the only solution I see. Is so what does that investment it, look like to you, James? It, it's, the, it's the investment in infrastructure. It, it's, I know Which that now raises the taxes, right. right? Well, right, but if the alternative is do nothing and taxes continue to go up, then let's try something else. I, I agree with you 100%, James. The taxes got, are going you up. you got to have a plan for your spending. But the core of the question that you're asking, these seniors, they grew up in this community. They want to age in this community. I mean, I was fortunate that my father-in-law, we could move out of our house and buy a new build behind it one street back. And we let him age with us. He would come around and eat meals with us. But there's been opportunities for... And we turned them down. ...for senior housing. Um, and I was opposed to one of them opposite the main gate of the lake. Mm-hmm. And it was because... And I bought that property knowing that one was going to go in there. And I was fine with that. And the 200-plus of my neighbors were fine with that. But when they changed the plan from what they had designed to this monolithic building that would have overshadowed the single-floor house that would have been right next to it into some Soviet-era-style three-, four-story block... I know what those look like, actually. (laughs) ...no adequate... fire and water. The plan just wasn't there. So the, so what that's called is massing, right, and transition yes. neighborhoods and how you move from that forward. Um, H- had they went in with the original plan, we would have that right now. But, a lot but of they that, didn't. A lot of that is incumbent upon the elected officials to, to promote their vision. That's what the comprehensive Correct. plan does, right? And it got deferred, and, and uh, Chairman Sheridan at the time said, if the number was just lower... And he made it clear in the deferral that you would have swung the vote had you come back with something smaller. But greed was at play there. I don't think the numbers quite worked on it because it's expensive. It, it to, it's it's yeah. expensive to do that. I, I, you know, I don't want to. You know, I'm a capitalist, right? So yeah. we, I don't. I lived under communism long enough to know to say I'm a capitalist. But uh, the reality of, of it is that the numbers just didn't work, right? I know enough about that world. You got to hit a certain number of units to make the numbers work because it's super expensive. And so we're but, not going to see that stuff come in unless we have elected officials who are willing to work with I've, the developers. I've worked in that sector, in the charity housing sector. And so unless you're trying to make money hand over fist faster than the stock market. Wasn't this the one owned by the uh, was it, it was, it was a church. Owned, the p- property was by Southern Development. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. But it was the Methodist Church of Virginia was looking for a way to invest their yeah. money. So they were wanting a return greater than the stock market, which sure, meant they were looking to make got money. It. Look at that, huh? Now they came in saying, oh, you know, it's 
We're, we're doing this for humanitarian purposes, but when the money wasn't there, they pulled out and didn't come back after the deferral. Had they lowered the number and been a little bit less profitable, maybe not got them the market rate, that would have went in. Yeah. We were for it. So you have to put this, the greed in check. And I've said multiple times, when we grow houses and we let developers like Southern and Ryan Homes come in, the bigger developers, they're wanting to make a certain amount of profit. And I know this firsthand because my, my insurance is USA. So they insure your house for what it costs them to put it back exactly the way it is. And when, when I told them what I paid for it, I asked them, I said, why are you only insuring me for this? I paid this amount for it because we can build it for less than that. I instantly knew what the profit margin on the house was, and I was shocked. Whereas, you know, sometimes by going with a smaller developer that has a smaller margin, not trying to make as much money, may be the solution. So I got to push back a little bit on why a developer would want to make more than than the stock market rate. I I mean, why why are you being a developer putting all that effort in when you could just throw your money in a mutual fund? Uh, That's a lot easier to to make make the same amount as the stock market. So, Tim, I'll push back a little bit on it, and this Mm -hmm. is from a place of love. What you're not calculating in that is they don't calculate the land acquisition and the develop, development cost. So you need to add that on top of that number, which gets you to there. I'm a recovering developer and builder. I yes. know what profit margins are. If I would make 3 to 5% on, on any deal, I would consider that a good day. So take a yeah. look at the national averages. Well, I mean, I looked at that property down there to find solutions, go fund me's, put it in a conservation easement. Sure. Turn it, if nobody's going to do anything, let's turn it into a park for the neighborhood. Sure. Um, but the amount that they wanted for that parcel was astronomical. I would well, never pay that amount per acre. So back to Neil Williamson, and it takes a ready, willing, and able seller. It starts at that point. And yep. right, right now, people want a, a very absorbent amount of money, and the math just, just isn't, yes. isn't going to work. I do want to switch a little bit to Pleasant Grove. Sure. Um, so unless Jerry's got something. Oh, uh, we have a lot. We have a lot. <laughs> um, I'll try to paraphrase. Um, we're not, we'll do our best to get to as many voter questions and comments as possible, folks. Um, I'm going to ask this personal question. We have now gone an hour, and we have not asked the question, does Fluvanna County need a new high school? No. No. Okay. We've gone an hour, and we have not asked a question about any schools at all? Potentially. Uh, It depends on the demographics. I know in Lake Monticello, we've had a huge increase in young families. and uh, That's what folks are asking. I'm I'm contributing to that. (laughs) And I think in a few, you know, Five to ten years when my daughter is going to school, we may need to look at a new elementary school. I don't think that's an immediate need, but it's something that when we're setting up a comprehensive plan, we need to be considering. So does anybody actually know if the school population is growing or declining? Because I know in Nelson County... It declined last year, but when you put Colonial Circle and the other developments in, it will go up. And the middle school is probably the next place that's going to need the most amount of development. There is some work in... um, Carysbrook that needs to be carried out, the elementary school there. Um, and there's things that needs to occur in central elementary. But the middle schools definitely need some work. The high school's fine. I've been in there just this year. It's beautiful, uh, And they do have some capacity. Well, but I think we're constrained at the middle school, hence why you see eighth graders in the high school to alleviate some of that. Uh, this comment's come in. Why is it Fluvanna County's responsibility to solve Charlottesville and Almoral County's housing issues? Charlottesville just got a bunch of money for housing, and Fluvanna County got nothing. I don't think it's Charlottesville's housing issue. I think it's the entire country. Yeah. 
Well, I think yeah. I think Charlottesville. I think the influences we're seeing in Charlottesville and Almore County are undoubtedly impacting Fluvanna. Sure. Yes. So and it's a this that, neighbors. So so that is why we have one hundred twenty three thousand three hundred AMI because it's the region. So, yeah. And and I've I've this may not be a popular thought, but this is a regional problem. This is not Fluvanna's problem. This is not Charlottesville. This is not Albemarle. This is not Green. This is not Louisa. We're talking about Fluvanna, right? How we're going to mm -hmm. take care of Fluvanna. But those influences impact that. Back to your comment about how, how Spring Creek impacts our side of it. Yes. And there's no, well, it stops at the border and you stay <laughs> here. There is no border guards at... Right. A bulk uh, of our workforce works and lives outside of Fluvanna County. So I we believe are, that number is 80%. It's yes, a lot. Yeah. We are a bedroom community. So it's where people, their jobs in Charlottesville, it's where they choose to live. And they chose Fluvanna because of the rural nature, the nice drive countryside. It's a 30-minute it. drive. <laughs> And well, the taxes well, I, were lower, but it's it's at the point that you can't afford it. You're at three fifty. Yeah. Well, that so when at when I'm talking about when I decided to come to seven point three one seven point five. The interest rate? Yeah. yeah. Yesterday yeah. surpassed eight percent. Okay. Yes. So over eight percent. Didn't look at the interest rate this morning. Yeah. Didn't want to get depressed. <laughs> yeah. Talking to you guys. Over eight percent. But 8%. I, I want to go back to back to Pleasant Grove and the high school for a moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because we were talking a little bit about. Um, Multiple folks are saying the schools are going to be pinched very quickly. Yes. Additional revenue. And it always, I was very much so in, involved in the raising in the, of the high school, new high school being built, was at the meeting, so forth and so on. It blows my mind. We have a 900-seat, top-of-the-line auditorium, auditorium that we, nobody uses. That yeah. auditorium could be in a large city somewhere. Well, the first time I went in it was for a fire seminar back in March. I was shocked. We have the parking there. We have the ability to yes. get there. If it's a freaking unbelievable uh, system. I've, I've yeah. spoken there before for other events. It is unbe unbelievable. Zero. Oh, second we, thing we, is... We've got to do better, yeah. But why not? Well, we, we've got to improve our, our, our offering. You know, we, we have to drive tourism. We have to come up with these good events that will draw people in. And i, I got to give my hat off to our economic development team. They've come up with a solution that should help yeah, but alleviate the problem. Yeah, but their hands it, are tied. Called, they don't yeah. have the water. Well, right? they only know, can sure. do new they advertising only, campaign. Advertising campaign. Yeah, yeah. fine. I mean, I mean, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Please, if you are on social media right now, go and like the page, Find Fluvanna, and it's on all the different platforms. Check out the website. It's a great way to help take advantage of what we do have in Fluvanna at Pleasant Grove. So the second thing that's the Pleasant Grove, the second thing, Tim, that blows my mind is we don't use Pleasant Grove for festivals. Uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a cyclist. How come we're not doing We're trying to organize a once a month during the summer, sort of like the Fridays after five, but we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll start small, do it once a month instead of every week. Try and bring in, uh, I think it was called Grooving at the Grove. Bring in music acts. Bring in people to spend their money at Pleasant Grove. Enjoy the I love food that. trucks. I mean, yeah, it, that was a great yeah. effort by Aaron Spitzer, the Parks and Rec director, to get that Ford stage done. Um, he's wanted to have a splash pad for ages to give the kids somewhere go. to go do in the summertime. We're constrained by water there. But it, yeah. there, it's not going to get any. It's nowhere near any water system. So they need wells drilled. And those wells can then feed that. Um, the the well that serves the house is um, they have to have a storage tank to build up enough water overnight that they can have it for hand washing and It all toilet. comes down to money. But I will tell you, yes. that, was, that, that passed by one vote. 
It was a thousand acres for a million dollars. I was there. That was a wise investment. And that's why decisions at your level matter. Yep. Right, yes. and uh, we would not be having that if that one vote got flipped one. Well, one yeah. Way if someone other. says, "Oh, well, that's a million dollars that's going to increase your taxes," and they don't do it, then we don't have pleasant growth. That, well, that's the different mentality that can make up what direction Flavana goes. Do you gentlemen know that we were supposed to have two power plants instead of one? Yes, mm-hmm. that's an ASCA. And how much money did we pull in in taxes from that power plant a year? A lot. It's got a six in front of it. Yes. And a lot of zeros. Yes. Same thing with Louisa. It started with the power plant up in the northern part of their county. Oh, that one that glows? Yeah. <laughs> that one. So, I mean, you can't dismiss Very these safely. things. So, I don't know. I fish on that. The fish on that side of the lake is a little bit bigger I, than the fish on the other side. I'm oftenly, oftenly, <laughs> wow, often on the water in the That's warm funny. side, and I haven't grown a third eye yet. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm uh, telling you that Tenasca plant was far better than the coal plant down at Bremo. It was, it was supposed to be two uh, gas-fired plants. We only got one because yeah. of opposition. Yeah. Johnny Ornalis, his family uh, behind El Mariachi. Mm-hmm. And Zion's Crossroads. Going there tonight. There, he's, there you go. <laughs> El Mariachi, fantastic restaurant. Johnny, we love it. He's also opening uh, Mexicali on West Main yeah. Street in the old World of Beer location. He We're says, and his it. wife is an educator, a teacher. He says, um, schools should be in the conversation. They should not, we should not wait until we're packed at schools to consider expanding schools. Education is always on the back burner when it's our future, and it should not be that way. He says, we have teachers and kids being taught in hallways in some schools. Please consider schools if you guys are elected to the board. Vanessa Parkhill says this, so why are taxes going up at a rate that is creating such a burden on our citizens? Expansion of government beyond the services that existed when, those, when these seniors bought their homes or increasing costs for the same services. Please have them answer that question. I'll throw that to you. We have a boatload of comments coming in here. Um, why don't we pick up the pace and tempo with about seven minutes left? Maybe 30 seconds in answer for you guys, All right. uh, uh, and then I, I'll throw I, them to you. I'll touch on the, the schools. I'm a huge supporter of uh, funding our schools. In fact, in this last budget season, I was vocal uh, in support of the school board's budget request, and I asked the board of supervisors to fund it in full. I, I At that same meeting, I opposed the budget yeah. increase because there was no plan for it. They were running a budget surplus. And, and my thinking was, why would I give you more money if you have a budget surplus? Use the budget surplus to fund your needs. Show it, make it transparent, put it in a spreadsheet. But, yes, we definitely need to invest, but we need to have plans for how we invest. So I'm going to jump in on this. Most folks most folks know, but to those who do not know, you as Board of Supervisors only control the budget. Correct. Correct. Right? So we have two separate boards, two separate Correct. operations. All you can control is how much money you give to the school board. Right. The school board is the one that determines how it's spent. The school board is one to determine if we're going to use that 900 seats and make some damn money yes. from those seats. Those are the ones that make that decision. Yeah. I think there needs to be some guys. partnership, though. The, the, the school board needs to have a good relationship with the board of supervisors, has a good relationship with yep. our economic development team. Everybody in the county all knows each other. <laughs> There's no reason we can't sit down and work these things out. Next one, um, This one from Carla Gentry. We attended Groovin' at the Grove. While it was a nice event, there was not much variety in food trucks. Another idea would be to have a dedicated space for young children during this time, face painting, games, etc. The children we saw were having a good time, but most were just running around. A space for them to play would be nice and possibly would draw young families. Multiple people are saying there's nothing to do for children in Fluvanna County. Topic. Gentlemen, go on that one. 
Yeah, it, it was a dry run, uh, a first, well, a dry run with beer, I guess, and not so dry, but it was a great event that can be improved. Uh, I think it was a, uh, an attempt to prove that it's workable in theory, and now we just have the model, and we can improve on it, we can build on it. I know from my work with the Young Residents and Families Committee at Lake Monticello, we've had some events that are now reoccurring year after year, and we improve them. We get great ideas from the community, we get more buy-in from the community and volunteers to make these events better. So if you want to see those events go the way that you think they possibly could, get involved. It takes everybody. I have no doubt that Mr. Spitzer and his team will find the way to uh, accommodate the young children. He's yeah. done an incredible job out there. His youth team's excellent. These will improve as we go. We definitely need to um, exploit uh, Pleasant Grove Park for all the advantages that it has. So we have a little competition going on here, right? Because for Lake Monticello is 44% of the county. Yes. So people that live in Lake Monticello have all these amenities. They have all these the parks, the and, parks the other stuff. and they have so forth and so on. And once you get outside of the lake, which is the remaining balance, that's what Pleasant, Pleasant Grove yep. is, is sharing. Uh, this one right there, this one right here is from Thomas. He says, Fluvanna County is quickly turning into what Charlottesville was five or six years ago. It is no longer affordable. It is no longer a place for young families. And if we don't do something about this, we will evolve into Charlottesville and Almoral County, as Jerry said in the beginning of the show. Please talk about affordability and how we can keep seniors in homes and how we can keep this tax burden from burning us like it is in our personal household. It, let Tim go it's first. that economic development piece that needs to be in place. But by the same token, this year's record tax increase was down to schools and now we have to fund um, emergency rescue squad types. We need more people to step up and volunteer. I can tell you firsthand, uh, Lake Monticello doesn't have a problem, but the other houses do. We need people to volunteer. If we don't invest in infrastructure, then we're just going to continue to be a bedroom community. Your taxes are going to continue to increase, and we're not going to do anything about it to change if we don't have that infrastructure in place to make that change. 2016 to today, third quarter over third quarter, we had a 90% increase in value. $165,000 from median sales price in 2016 all the way up to 2003, we went up 90%. In how many years is that? One, two, three, seven. four, five, six, seven, eight years if you count. Yeah. Year to this year, roughly eight years, we went up 90%. Anything else, Jerry, before I ask Oh, uh, there's a ton. I mean, a, a boatload here. We got about 90 seconds left, viewers and listeners. This was uh, one that really resonated me, with me from Laura. He, and Laura says, talk to anyone that's new to Fluvanna County, and they'll tell you they looked at Charlottesville, now Morrow County first, to buy a house because that's where the jobs are. They're coming to Fluvanna because they can't afford Charlottesville, now Morrow County. If this trend continues, we will not recognize Fluvanna. It's certainly not the county that I grew up in. For sure. Well, I think that we have to have a place for people to go, and I think that Fluvanna County is in proximity to Charlottesville and also Richmond, uh, and I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but we've got to get the infrastructure in for places in Fluvanna for people to work so that we have that place for them to come and live it, it, and work and, and play. It, it really does start with proactive approach. We can't just... I would like to add. We one. can't just lament what we're losing without doing anything to try and protect it. I'd like to add one quick point on the infrastructure. 
We, the, particularly the water around Lake Monticello is controlled by aqua. The Board of Supervisors cannot do nothing about that. We can talk to them, we can encourage them, but we cannot force them. They're a private company. The Regulated by the State Corporation Commission. Correct. We can and advocate I've to them. And asked people to get out there. If you don't want this 30% increase, get in touch with the State Corporation yep. Commission. Show up in the springtime when they have the hearings. Now, the James River Water Project, we, we do we control, control that. That's and on us. That'll cure it to um, Zion Crossroads, and it, there is going to be a stub going into the Fork Union to feed them down there. But they definitely need infrastructure improvements. I mean, logically, Zion's Crossroad is where the growth is going to happen. It's just Correct. that's where that's where the the money is, is is looking at to go. And I would encourage you guys, if you get on when you get on, to go ahead and look at expanding that. It may not be a popular thing. But our area is extremely small there. It needs to be expanded so we can keep that development in that location over there and keep the rest of the county of rural. Do we strike you as caring about being popular? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I that's, that's one of the things about anybody who's running for elected office. They don't care about popularity. I mean, they kind of care about popularity, but in the well, grand scheme of things, whoever wins becomes less popular. So, so that's, <laughs> that's really what happens. And that's the reason. Half I, the community kind of likes you and the other half dislikes you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's never happened to me before. It's a, with, sh it's a shame how divisive it is. With, it is. That's a real thing, right? That, that's, yeah. you know, and, it is and, a shame. And, and I kicked off the show thanking you guys, and, and I'm going to end it that way. Thanking you guys because I, I know how difficult this is firsthand. I really do, and and you know this is a difficult choice, right, for for uh, uh, folks to make uh, coming up on November second or whatever the date 7th. is. Seventh, thank you, yeah. November seventh on that end of it. But we didn't have any divisiveness here. Everybody's, oh no! Everybody's respectful. Yeah, that's what's great about this, and and that's what I wanted to achieve is just to have a respectful conversation. My wrap up question before I let you guys close out: uh, anybody that I talk to who's running for office, I ask this question. This is a forty-hour job, guys. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Are, are you you understand that, and are you ready to do that? I'm not talking about your regular jobs. This is a minimum of forty hours on top on top. I of that. can easily say I'm ready. The only thing in my life right now is volunteer fire department. I don't have a daytime job. I'm Most people who know me think I don't have a daytime job either. So. I think you're a talk show host. So <laughs> I'm, I'm willing. I understand the amount of time that has to be put in. So, you know, this is a difficult job in difficult times. We're at a precipice. We have to decide are we going to go over it or are we going to navigate around it. I'm ready for that challenge. I've done it in the corporate world. I've done it in the military. I'm ready to do it now. James, you want to wrap that up? Yeah, I've got an eight-month-old daughter. I still have to work nine to five in order to afford my home that I could not buy today. Uh, and it, pay your taxes. It, and pay my taxes, <laughs> yeah. I, but we need to have folks like myself in the rooms bringing that perspective. And if it means busting my butt to be there to represent the people who believe that, I'm going to do it. Well, gentlemen, I, I want to thank you. We're a couple minutes over, and, and Judah, the director, is getting a little nervous because these guys got to do a show here very, very, very quickly. So, so is the man who signs the paychecks. So is the man who signs the paychecks on it. I don't want to take advantage of that too much. Um, I take advantage of it just a little bit, but not too much. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming in. Thank you very much for, for spending the time. This wasn't that bad, right? It was, oh, this was fun, right? Did you guys have fun? Yeah. yeah. It was fun, right? I've been on the radio multiple times, yeah. so this is... It was exactly what you said. You, once you get into it, you forget. You forget mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, gentlemen, um, I'm going to go before I get thrown off the set. So thank you very much for everything, and I'll let Jerry wrap up the show. Uh, these guys, I'll echo what Keith said. Um, Flavana's lucky to have two candidates like this running.
Uh, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. For those that um, are, are asking, the entire interview archived at realtalkwithkeefsmith.com, realtalkwithkeefsmith.com, or anywhere you get your podcast. It's long-form content, and it can't be taken out of context. It's not 15-second sound bites, folks. There's context here. Judah Wickhauer, our director and producer. The I Love Seville show is up in 56 minutes. Take care, everybody. That was excellent. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah.